ESPN Central Texas. All right, welcome back into the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios. Tom Barfield, Ward White, Jared Sexton. We're glad you're with us as we welcome into the program Bryce Cherry of the Waco Tribune Herald. Brycey, busy day today, huh? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We had our uh, annual, I don't know how many annual it's been. I'd have to have to go talk to some old-timers, I guess, to try to figure that out. But, uh, yeah, our annual Trib Photo Day where uh, – we invite all the Central Texas high schools to come, and uh, we had a great turnout. I believe 40 schools showed up, about 300 kids and a lot of coaches, and uh, even some media showed up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you had all the – you had all – and I, you know what? It was kind of a cool deal. You had all of the um, – all of the uh, local TV stations, I believe, were, were were present, and of course the trip was there. And then we uh, we popped in, and we we stood in the back in the air conditioning with, and talked to several coaches and saw pretty much all of the world's problems back in that corner. But uh, <laughs> it, it, a, a lot of fun. You know what? Just seeing the guys again, and and you know, just visiting about this, that, and the other. It was kind of a, just a fun event, and 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 I, we appreciate the the invitation. Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, we, we've always tried to do that. And, uh, you know, it, um, we, we feel like, you know, uh, although we're all working for different, you know, entities, different media outlets, you know, I think we have a very cordial relationship here in Waco and everybody gets along well. And so we're happy to share some of that time with, with some of the other local media. And you're right. It is, it is a fun deal. We always, you know, we don't, try to make ourselves bigger than we are but we always kind of consider it you know the unofficial kickoff to the the season because you know uh practices will be starting here uh what next week and uh so you know you got this time that we can kind of get together and and coaches and players and you know they're in their uniforms or jerseys and uh so you know you just start to get a little bit, bit of that football feel with with being able to be around those kids and be around those coaches and, and the kind of the kickoff to the season, how much does it ramp up for you there at the trip? Because now you you know that Friday nights you guys are going to be scattering out to different high school stadiums and and being able to be on watch and watching this thing unfold. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Lord, it's nuts. I mean, uh, you know, basically the summer's over. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, we're moving toward uh, football season. I always say it every year uh, to the point where it's probably become a cliche for me. But, I mean, for us, the buildup to football season is a lot more stressful, a lot more work than the football season itself. Once you get to the season, you almost can kind of, uh, you know, exhale. And, uh, and there's a certain rhythm to it. You know, you have Friday night games. You have you know, Saturday honor roll, you have, you know, Monday stats plus, you know, I mean, there's a certain, you know, schedule you follow, but, uh, man, all the, all the buildup, all the previews and the calling the coaches and finding out who's hurt and, uh, and who's going to be good and, you know, who's not, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of work, but we do enjoy it. I laugh because you're preaching to the choir. We're we're going through the same thing right now. We're about beating our heads against the wall, trying to get everything prepared for for that to to get into that rhythm and, and kind of get things going. Uh, Bryce, uh, let's let's you've had a week or so 
to kind of digest all of the all the conversations with Texas and Oklahoma and you know the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the ACC and where, where are you right now with with all of this going on? <laughs> I mean, just hanging on and watching like everybody else and trying to you know, make sense of it all and, uh, you know, making calls and trying to figure out some things. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I know about as much as anyone does, which is not much. I mean, uh, you know, and it, within the last hour, I saw that, uh, maybe the last, I don't know, 15 minutes, uh, is a report that, uh, the big 12 has now put out a cease and desist letter to ESPN for essentially meddling in all of these realignment, uh, you know, talks, which ESPN is one of the Big 12 television partners, and so it's getting a little. Uh, how would we say it's it's uh, it's getting a little surly out there. This letter came from Bob Bowlesby's uh, office, uh, signed by the commissioner, and so um, yeah, you know, it's getting ugly, and it may get uglier, um, you know. So we'll see. Obviously. The big question I think here locally is what's going to happen to Baylor, what's going to happen to the, you know, the eight remaining Big 12 schools. If I were to venture a guess, I would say that, you know, other teams are going to, other schools are going to start, you know, running for the lifeboats. I don't think, you know, this league has just always been sort of unstable and now you're essentially losing two of your tent poles in Oklahoma and Texas. So, you know, I, I don't think those eight are going to stick together. I think they're going to start breaking apart. So then where does Baylor end up? I mean, you know, it would make sense if they ended up in the American. I think the American would take Baylor and, and TCU and Tech and those type schools in a heartbeat. Um, and, and it would be a good a, a good conference. I mean, I think the, the problem, you know, from a Baylor perspective would be you'd be – taking a drastic reduction in your, you know, TV revenue, unless they really renegotiate that TV contract that the American has, because currently that's paying them, you know, $7 million a year, the American. So Baylor's been used to a little bit bigger payout. You talk about the, I don't know if in the stability of the league and, and, and what it's been like over the years. Do you think because it did not have its own television package, it, it did not have the Big 12 network? Uh, I mean, there was the Longhorn network, but not the Big 12 network. Is that part of the issue, or is that a great deal of the issue? I think there's multiple issues, really, at play here. Um, you know, that, that I think, was part of the issue, but I think you can't really overestimate the angst and anger that a lot of schools in the Big 12 had directed toward Texas. I mean, you know, the pervading narrative over the years has been that Nebraska left because they were tired of Texas, A&M left because they were tired of Texas, uh, and now here it is, Texas, that's leaving along with Oklahoma. Um, And so... You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if the other schools are celebrating. You know, but I don't think so because, um, you know, another interesting article I read. The Athletic did a good piece, looking really breaking down 
the te- television audiences for Big 12 games in in the last you know two or three seasons, and uh, you know. Texas and Oklahoma are Texas and Oklahoma for a reason. They do draw a lot of eyeballs, and and there were very few other games that didn't uh, involve one of those two teams, you know, in in the top ten, in the top twenty most viewed games. So, um, you know, clearly you're losing a lot when you're when you're talking about losing the Sooners and the Longhorns, but. Like I said, in terms of the reasons why it all crumbled, I think, you know, they are myriad. Is there any way that the Big 12 can survive without Texas and Oklahoma? Can they put a league together to where they can keep those television dollars? Is there somebody out there that they could pull in? And in in that letter to ESPN, is that a last-ditch effort for the Big 12 saying, we're in trouble, we better do something fast? Yeah, I mean, I think Big 12 is, you know, uh, shooting every bullet it's got. And I I do think that, yes, I do feel like there is a path to uh, staying alive, you know, a path to survival, let's say, for the Big 12. It absolutely requires, I think, the eight schools that you have left to stick together Maybe you could afford losing West Virginia, who's kind of the outlier geographically, and 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 you know I don't know how you know much West Virginia brings in terms of uh, TV, you know, cachet. But uh, you, I think you could bring in teams like UCF and uh, and maybe Boise or BYU or Houston SMU. You know, these teams that we've been talking about over the last week, you could bring in a collection of teams like that and you'd have a viable league, but there's no question that you're still going to take a financial hit in your TV contract. And that may have been the case even if Texas and Oklahoma had still been around, given sort of the changing landscape of, of television. I mean, it's, it's different now with streaming and, uh, you know, the audience is not the same as it used to be. Um, it's more fragmented. And so that plays into these TV contracts. And so there was already talk that even if OU and Texas had been around come 2025, when this TV deal expired and they renegotiate a new one, that it might not be quite as much. All right, Bryce, let's change gears. I know you're jazzed up. Uh, the uh, the NBA draft, where are your Rockets going? What do they need? Uh, they need everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're picking second, and then they got a couple picks later in the first round, and I'm just excited because I can't tell you how many NBA drafts I've watched, and I do actually watch them. I'm that guy uh, where the Rockets didn't have – a a first round pick so the fact that they're picking second uh i'm all in uh, i feel like it's probably gonna be Jalen green uh the the guy that went to the g league instead of going to college and uh obviously he's you know very highly regarded Cade cunningham likely to go number one to the pistons and then the rockets should have you know will have their choice of whoever's left and so Jalen green's a good choice evan mobley is another guy that a big man from USC that's, uh, you know, he's going to get taken early. Um, you know, I wrote a story for, for tomorrow. It's online now, um, you know, on the fact that you'll have two uh, 
very likely two Baylor first-round picks, which is the first time in, in Baylor program history that they'll have two uh, in the same draft. And that, that we're talking about Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. And Davion has been projected as a lottery pick. You know, a lot of that's based on the fact just how hard he plays on both ends. Obviously, you know, National Defensive Player of the Year, he really gets after it uh, as a defender. Um, I, I think it's incredible. I mean, Davion's only six foot tall, and, you know, so you might think, oh, well, he's undersized, but he's just so uh, uh, aggressive. He's come so far in his game that, I mean, I think teams, uh, you know, love what they see out of him. So he's he's likely to be a lottery pick, maybe on the – the latter end of the lottery, which is the first essentially 14 picks. And then um, Jared, I think they're projecting him more in that like 18 to 22 type range. You know, mock drafts are what they are. We'll see how that plays out. Now, Jared uh, got some great news with his clearance, his medical clearance. He had a a heart condition that they looked into, but uh, the NBA's fitness to play panel unanimously unanimously uh you know said that he's good to go so that's good news for jared but it could i think affect his draft stock i mean you know teams are going to do what they're going to do and they're probably going to have their own doctors check him out and everything so you know that that may be why he's more toward the that lower part of the first round but you know first round pick uh, and Scott Drew, I talked to him earlier today. He actually ducked into a room while I was at Waco ISD Stadium to talk to Scott. But uh, he he said, you know, a lot of times it's not the number where you get picked, you know, in terms of like pick number 10, pick number 8, whatever. It's the situation that you find yourself in. And, and the fact that if you land in a good situation, you know, with a maybe a, a little bit better team or – or just a better run organization that sets you up better for that second contract in the NBA or that third contract in the NBA, which is what these guys are doing. You're on your rookie deal now, but then, you know, you want to have some staying power in the league. I would suspect that Bryce, as we kind of put a, a bow on this one, that, uh, that Scott is like a proud Papa right now as they get ready for, <laughs> for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, honestly, he probably has two other guys, That'll get, you know, at least uh, a look in the NBA Summer League or, you know, may get a camp invite. And that we're talking about Macy Oteague and and Mark Vidal. Now, Mark, you know, he doesn't have the the offensive game that you might look at for an NBA player. But what a, you know, just what an energy guy, what a high IQ guy, uh, what a defender. Plays bigger than his size, I think. So, uh, those guys will probably get a look if they don't, you know, get drafted in the second round or anything. They'll probably at least get a look for maybe a summer league invite or something. So, yeah, Scott's busting, but when is Scott not busting? You <laughs> exactly. <know? laughs> You're right. Hey, Bryce, thanks. As always, it's a lot of fun. And, and, and again, thanks for the invitation today. It was a lot of fun. Sure, no problem. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. That's Bryce Cherry, sports editor of the Waco Tribune Herald. And 